Welcome. This is Karen Motokaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, where inspiration and possibility meet on KDRT 95.7 FM. I believe there are many ways to live life. I believe there are many journeys for us to take. We can learn from others to see what is possible for ourselves. I believe there are possibilities for all of us, even you. Not just the ones who've acquired great success, but including those of us who have stumbled, lost our way, or only saw closed doors. With this show, now maybe you can see a glimmer coming through the windows. I call that the windows of possibility. Each week I bring a guest who represents those possibilities. They too have had their own struggles and uncertainty, yet somehow They have found their way. My guests are an example of what is possible when you continue, when you learn, leap, fall down, and get back up. I invite you into this space so you can ask yourself, if that is possible for them, what is possible for me? Really, ask yourself that. Welcome to How She Really Does It, a place where inspiration and possibility meet. So often, we look for the secret recipe, the ingredient, or the blueprint for weight loss. What is the magic food or the exercise program so I can lose this damn weight forever? Doesn't that thought go through your head? Today, I've invited one of my coaching clients to zoom in and out with her about her personal journey with weight loss changing her relationship with food and exercise. Regina, hello and welcome. Hello. So I wanted you, I invited you to come back because uh, this relationship continues on and your process is continuing. And um, so I wanted to do a zooming in and zooming out about your journey because so often I think what happens is people go, oh, she's doing X exercise or she's eating this food, this magical food, and not seeing that that may be one component of so many different things that are going on. Um, tell me where I'm wrong with that. No, you're absolutely right. And so first off, we, I do want to start with the zoom in and the weight loss and exercise and relationships and what has worked with you on this journey? Well, it's been really just a combination of things. It's my relationship with food and how I view food. It's how, what, and what I do for exercise and how I view exercise. And then really it's about the people I have surrounded myself with and who help and encourage me along the way. So how do you view food now? You know, food is, is really fuel. Um, with enjoyment as well, and the idea that I eat what I I eat everything I want, and I eat the foods that make me feel good, but I also never deny myself. So if I really want French fries, I eat French fries. And what happens when you eat those French fries? <laughs> well, I just had that experience the other night, and I really wanted some french fries and I 
don't always want them. I have an opportunity to eat them a lot because I'm in restaurants a lot, and but I really wanted them. So I, I just I, I eat them and I enjoy them, every morsel of them, and then I'm done with it. And I don't judge it. I used to judge food. Like when I would eat french fries, I would say, I'm going to eat these french fries because I've been so good today, or I deserve this, or I'm going to eat these french fries because I already blew my diet, so I'm going to go ahead and just eat them. So I approach it differently now. It's something that is just what I want, and then I may not eat french fries again for another couple months. I I don't know. So when you had the judger going on in your head, Mm -hmm. you would eat more. But now without that judgment factor, it sounds like you eat less. I do. I eat a lot less. And I eat till when I'm full and then I don't eat anymore. I think I had the mentality also that that food wasn't going, to, like that scarcity mentality that it was going to go away and I never had the opportunity to ever have French fries again. So <laughs> that's not true. And <laughs> clearly it's not true. And so I don't eat them as if I'm never going to eat them again. And what's interesting, I also, I try to decide before I'm going to, I always try to tune into my body about what, like how hungry I am. And I usually eat, you know, maybe I'll look at the at the plate of French fries and make a decision. I'm going to try to only eat half, but I always go with how I feel. And so sometimes I'm more hungry and so I'll eat a few more than half or eat more than half. And sometimes I'll eat less. So it's really about tuning in while I'm eating them as well, that I don't eat them blindly, that I'm not just throwing them in my face and not paying attention to them because I am. And so a couple years ago, how did you, how did you view food? Well, food um, was really, well, a couple of things. I think food was always a comfort for me. And so when I was having a bad day or, when I was stressed out or feeling stressed, I went to food because it was consistent. It was there. It was a friend. I also felt like food, but I had this like love-hate relationship with food because I would make lists of what I should eat and not eat. I had a lot of shoulds and not shoulds. I would go to dinner, and if everybody was eating healthy, then I would eat healthy, If I, even if I wanted something unhealthy. So it was just, and it was kind of ruining my life. It was it was thinking about food all the time. I was making menus up all the time. I was thinking about what I was going to eat. And it's totally different now. I don't view food that way at all. And was that something that happened like really quickly for you to change that, how you view food? No. It's <laughs> <laughs> been a while coming to this. And it's taken a lot of practice and it's taken a lot of reflection. And I think of anything, the practice that I have the last two years, I've, you know, I have not been on a diet, but I have lost, you know, a lot of weight because I um, really think about, I, I reflect a lot. I keep a journal. I'm constantly in getting in touch with myself. And so, it, but it's taken a while. And I go through phases, which has also been something that was new for me. Like I would lose weight before and then I would like, I'd plateau and then I'd give up thinking, oh, I'm never going to, see, it doesn't work. Well, now I'm realizing the plateauing is part of who I, part of my body. So I think I've been able to lose so much weight because, um, because I don't judge it. Oh, the process. 
So, so now what? <laughs> I have call waiting. So she was talking about this process and how she doesn't judge it. In the past, did you think that judging was actually going to help you change your behavior? Uh, yeah, I really did. I thought that um, it, the reason why I wasn't losing weight is I didn't have enough discipline, or I wasn't my, I, or I wasn't eating the right kind of foods, or I wasn't exercising enough, or I wasn't, um, you know, I was. Uh, you know, not being active enough. What, yeah, there was a lot of judgment around it. And I took, with help from you and others, I took the judgment out of it, and I just am being with food. And actually, it's very refreeing. So the plateauing has been a time for me to kind of adjust to my new body size. And then I, I go a little while, maybe even two or three months at the same size or the same weight and then I lose more weight because I'm at a new place but I'm it's okay keep working through it you're what I'm at a new you know like my body changes so I'm in a new place so Mm -hmm. I accept it rather than uh, waiting for the uh, more like I was waiting for the 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 shoe to drop because I would be at this plateauing before in my journey before I started working with you and on this journey, and I would say view it as a negative. Oh, I'm at a plateau. I should be doing this, this, and this. There's something wrong. But once I took that judgment out, it just kind of happened. And so, and that part I think is really important because it sounds like in the past you would hit that plateau, and then it would be like it was kind of the all or nothing mentality. Well, if I'm not losing any more weight. This must not be working. So I might as well go eat those French fries. Right. Right. And all the evidence I had, though, was showing me that it, currently now in my new journey, this new part of my life is that it is working. But it, it's not traditional. People want to ask me all the time, what, you know, are you on a diet? I'm not on a diet. <laughs> I am not counting calories. I'm not. I, I, I'm just not. I eat what I need to eat. And so. How much energy does this process take for you? Like paying attention to the food, listening to your body. Um, how much energy does this take for you? I think initially it took a lot of energy because it mm-hmm. really was a retraining of my head and my mind. It takes less energy now, but I'll be honest, I'm always aware I'm aware of what I put every morsel in my mouth. I'm very conscious of what I eat. And so it takes some, but it's it's not a negative energy. Mm-hmm. And versus when you used to maybe be on a diet or you were trying to, you know, figure out the food game and using judgment, how much energy was into that? A lot. And a lot of, and a lot of negative energy. And a lot of, um, like, how do I say this? It was, it was time-consuming because I was thinking of that all the time. You know, oh, I don't have time, so I have to, or I, I, have, to, I have to eat a salad. So I have to take the time to make the salad because that's all I can have tonight because I've eaten X, Y, and Z today. Whereas now, it's just so not like that. If I feel like I need a salad, I eat a salad. If I feel like I need something else, I eat something else. And it's not about... I don't have time or I don't, you know, it's just because I just do what I feel like my body needs. I actually eat less salad. Now, if you had told me that 
two years ago, I would have told you were crazy. I actually eat less salad and I eat actually more protein. And I, and at certain times I eat more carbs, <laughs> which, you know, and I've lost. So I've, you know, people ask me, how much weight have you lost? So the last time I got on the scale, it was about 75 pounds. But in the last month or so, I've probably lost another 10 pounds because I've had to buy new clothes again. So I'm down like five pant sizes and about four shirt sizes, maybe even five, depends. You know, and, and that's the other thing is that I'm not judging my size. on Like some clothes are bigger, some are smaller just because of the maker. You know, there's so much hype about what size you are. And, and I've kind of just let all that go, all of it. And it really doesn't matter. I, so you I you let the metrics go. I totally did. It's a data point, which mm-hmm. took me a long time to get there. Mm-hmm. I, I have to tell you that, you know, it took me a long time to feel comfortable with not worrying about what the number said on the scale. What I will tell you is that all I'm healthy, and that is what I was going for, is that all my numbers are healthy. I, you know, my cholesterol is normal. Everything's normal. So my physician and I, this year, for the first time in a long time, she didn't even run a panel on me this year, a blood panel. She's like, you're fine. You're great. There's no reason to. And to me, that was a real, that was a turning point for me physically. Why is that? Because I, you know, initially when I started this work, one of my biggest concerns was my health. And I wanted mm-hmm. to be around for my kids, and I was getting bigger and bigger, and and I was really unhappy with how what I felt like inside. And it, more than just what I looked like, it was really about what I couldn't do. And so the journey started with really wanting to be healthy and happy, and that's that's what's happened is I've become healthy, and I'm happier. And and. You know, we talked a lot about the data points, right, in the measurement, um, just what the scale says. And and I love how you say, look, I've lost 75 pounds the last time I weighed myself and, you know, noticing the my clothing size and where, where I am in the process right now, it's probably another 10 pounds. So it doesn't sound like you gauge your success at all on um, that the scale. It doesn't have power over you. No, what I gauge myself now is physically what I can do. So I'm really into yoga and now I've gauged myself that I really want to do this certain pose. (laughs) (laughs) I'm more geared towards that now. So if I'm 10 pounds lighter, I might be able to do that pose better. (laughs) So, I mean, you know, that's kind of my physicality is what drives me now more than what the scale says. And and so when you look at the movement that you can do, does that inspire you more or less than when you used to look at the scale and the number? Oh, my gosh, it just gives me more. So, like, you know, I can go through 75 minutes of a yoga class at, you know, 90 degrees and sweat and move and keep up and never stop. And to me, that is what I gauge my success on is that that makes me feel so good. It's so freeing to me to be able to move like that for, and to be, to, it feels good. And to me, that is what I'm using is how I feel when I exercise that I, and that exercise is not, is no longer as I should have to. It's, I really want to. 
And for me, I do different kinds of exercises, but the exercise that I long for and love is yoga. And I just had a week off of yoga, but I did other things and, and I worked out with, I have a trainer, I have a personal trainer, and then I also do other classes at this at this studio. And I did a few of the classes just because of my schedule this week and my trainer. So it had been a week since I had done yoga, but I had done other things. And I realized when I went back to yoga yesterday how much I really missed it, that it really does resonate with me because it's more for me not just all about the physical part, but it's also the spiritual and emotional connection that I have with yoga that I don't have with any other exercise. And, you know, can we share with the the listeners prior? Okay, so let's just do a little backstory if you guys don't know who Regina is or haven't heard the interview that we did about last summer, about eight months ago or so. And so Regina was a woman who signed up for my weight loss coaching circle that I started. And we had known each other previously because um, I ran the the swim team, the local swim team. So, and she had known me in that, in that manner. And you can get more of a back history by listening to the other interview. But, um, so when she first came to me 25 months ago, what was your relationship with exercise like back then? (laughs) So exercise was a should. I had, Mm -hmm. I had something I had to do and it was very minimal. I had bad knees. I had all these issues physically so, you know, I would try to go to our local gym and do 30 minutes of the elliptical or the treadmill a couple, two, three times a week. And that was basically what I was able to do. Did you enjoy exercise? I hated it. <laughs> and why was that? I just found it boring. Mm-hmm. I found it boring and it wasn't... I just didn't like it at all, at all. And and then we started working together. Mm -hmm. And then I think about a month or two in the process of working in the circle, you decided to contact somebody you knew for personal training. Right. So what happened is when I started, I started working with you and I also started to do jazzercise at the local club. And what I was discovering about jazzercise is I really liked the camaraderie of the people in the group. And it was new and it was hard because I didn't know those stupid dance moves. But I really liked it. But it just, it was, oh, and that was the other thing. It was very limited, how many, like twice a week, and I could only go once a week usually. So at the time, I had a friend who was starting her own personal training business, and I knew that she was really popular, and she had been a friend of mine for a long time, so I contacted her. So at the time, I started to do jazzercise and started to work out with my personal trainer, Jen. And I would go once a week, and it was very, I mean, she worked with me around all my physical ailments. So I would do an hour with her, but very limited. She has those gravity machines, so I'd be on a gravity machine at the lowest setting, I did calf raises and arm, you know, a lot of strengthening. And I just started getting stronger and stronger. And in the process, I was losing weight. And then she invited me to try some of their classes there. And I had already kind of had success with jazzercise. So I started to do bar classes and uh, power, something called power fit was basically like a little mini boot camp. Really loved it. It was great. And I had been doing that for like a year. And then, and then somebody in one of those classes said, you know, you really should try our yoga classes. And I was very intimidated by yoga because I felt like people were in yoga that were super fit, thin, 
and flexible. And I was like, I can't do that. And my friend said, Virginia, you can do bar, this bar class, which is really hard. You could do this. So I tried it. And the rest is history. I'm completely hooked on yoga. <laughs> well, I would I would like to disagree that the rest is history because there was quite a bit of struggle with the yoga thing. Yes, there was actually. <laughs> now that you and- <laughs> yes. <laughs> How she so forgets. Yes. So do, do, can I share this backstory? Please do. <laughs> okay. So, um, and I do Bikram and, and Regina knows that. And so she's, you know, would be kind of fascinating. And people would come up to her and say, oh, you should do this. And and she would talk to me about it. And there was kind of this desire to do it, but this really unknown. And so finally one day I said something of this to this nature. And I said, you know, because she kept, it was it was an issue coming up in our sessions. And I said, well, why not go and try it? Go test it out. Because that's what we do in our coaching sessions is we talk about things. And then I invite my clients to go test things out, test out food, test out exercise, test out stuff, because we won't know until we go through the experience. So um, she she agreed and, and she travels quite a bit for work. And so we kind of looked at, I said, okay, what is the bare minimum that you can do over the next three months where it doesn't become like a a have to or and it doesn't set you up for failure and I believe the number was like six six times of yogas for three months um, looking at her schedule and stuff and she felt that that was very realistic and so you know and, and I said look there's lots of different studios go go Test it out and see what works for you. And at the same time, she was really committed to this this one fitness community that she was a part of. Do you mind if I share the name? No, or? please, God, don't. Okay, so it was Fit House. So we're in Davis, and it was Fit House. And so she really got attached there. But so she went and tested it out. She went to another athletic club. She went to different places. And we get back on the call, and she's like, mm, I don't really like it. And, you know, she, and <laughs> she'd be kind of grumpy about it. And so finally um, – it was the third month, and we get on the, our call, and she goes, Corinne, I'm done. I'm not going to do yoga. I think at that point, she did five. And um, she goes, I'm not going to do it. I'm done. I just haven't found anything that clicked with me. And I could feel there was a whole bunch of resistance. So, and I and I kind of knew what was going on, or I had a hunch. So I said, okay. Were you surprised when I said, okay, Regina? Uh, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Because, because my, so I was, but I wasn't because you have never coached me. I mean, one of the things I feel like you're such a good coach for me is that you know when to push and you know when to back off. And, um, you, I trusted you, but I was a little surprised that you were letting it go. Um, but you know, and then we moved on and I was working on something else. So I, you know, yeah, just. I almost so we, had to kind of give it up. <laughs> well, exactly, because it was kind of this goal out yeah. there that was, you know, you were coming up against and and you hadn't found your spot and you were looking in all these different places. And so I said, okay. And I think what was it within a day or two of that session, you emailed me and you said, oh my gosh, I found the yoga. It's at Fit House. I love it. Right. And I, I do <laughs> think I, you know, being open, I, I, I was open to finding yoga I just was, I still think I was a little reluctant though. And that was a lot about myself and how I viewed myself. And, you know, I was really insecure and not confident that I could do it. And one of the things that was helpful to me in that first class is there was a woman, these classes are pretty full. And there's a woman right in front of me. I went into the back of the class because I didn't know what anything was called. 
So I would, went to the back of the class, and my daughter was with me. And there was a woman who really modified a lot. She did um, just the way she modified the moves for her body, and that helped me a lot to say, wow, here's a woman who is modifying for herself, and she is able to do the whole class. And so I think that was really freeing for me to see someone modify it. And then, of course, I was able to modify it if I needed to. And then then, 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 then there we go. Well, it, it gave you the permission that it didn't all have to look a certain way. Yes. And I think that was a little scary for me. Because I think that was, one of my relu- that was one of the reasons why I was so reluctant, is that I felt like I had to be like everyone else. <laughs> so so do you think, you know, doing this, starting this coaching process with me has helped you along the way kind of um, take off that belief that it has to look a certain way? Oh, my gosh, yes. And as somebody was, you know, as you pointed out to me last week, is that, you know, nothing really about myself is normal in terms of I don't have a normal kind of life. I don't have a normal kind of job. I mean, it just, it's, you know, it's different. And that's really helped me to think about my life and that I can, it doesn't have to look that way. So I don't have to be on a 1,200-calorie diet to lose weight or I don't have to eat a, drink a smoothie every morning to lose weight. Mm-hmm. Although I have to tell you I'm super open. Like a friend of mine um, told me about um, almond milk because I'm, I can't really drink a lot of milk anymore, and I really would like a smoothie here and there, but I, I, you know, we were talking about different options, and so she had me try. I love this almond milk now. I'm really enjoying that. So I'm, op- I'm much more open to that, whereas I think before I was so much, I was so closed. Mm-hmm. And Well, you know what I think, and looking at the, my clients and stuff, I, I think that it takes a while to get out of the diet mentality. And so until you can get out of that, looking at nutrition or looking at, okay, what are other things? Because it can be a way of, oh, maybe if this I drink this almond milk, right, then I'm getting out of the dairy. And there's so much, there's so much nutrition stuff right now happening with the dairy world mm-hmm. and about weight loss that it may trigger the weight loss, that, that diet mentality, where now it sounds like your mind is a lot more clean as far as n- not having diet mentality. Right. Like I'm not, I'm not seeking foods to help me lose weight. I'm seeking foods to help me fuel my body that, you know, I just need, and I need variety. You know, I kind of get stuck, you know, I'm like eating the same thing over and over and over again. You know, how much more roasted cauliflower can one eat? You know, like, okay, I got to buy something else here. You know, or, you know, like I go in these spurts, I'm noticing, uh, you know, there are certain go-to foods that I, that for me are really good for me. And for some people, they're not. Like eggs, Scrambled eggs seem to be a really good food for me. So it's kind of a go-to food for me. Greek yogurt is a go-to food for me. So mm-hmm. anyway, yeah, it's that. And I think, too, there's a – I was going to say earlier, too, there was a lot of shame involved in, in, in that process of uncovering the discovery of yoga. I think as I do this work, I'm realizing that I had – I still struggle with with shame, and that to me is the crux of when I can get to the bottom of that thing, things like that. That helps me pull away from the fear, and then the fear is what because the fear was what was holding me up. And when I can kind of uncover that and reflect on it, 
there's no when I can go beyond the fear, then the world kind of opens up to me, and mm-hmm. I never really put two I never put that together for myself. And so people who have like weight issues, like have a lot of I have a, I had a lot of fear for like just like going to the movie theater and being able to fit into a chair is a was a fear. You know, I can slip into a movie theater no problem now. But that was always a fear. Will I be able to be comfortable in this chair at this this size? And that mm-hmm. that's huge. No pun intended. But it's just you know to to be able to to slip through life and and not have so many fears has has been freeing. Mm-hmm. Do Do you think um, the process of joining the weight loss coaching circle? And then, you know, reaching out to Jen and then, you know, being a part of a a fitness community and all the things that you've done. Do you think it started um, when you first reached out to me about joining the circle and then what's happened since then is you've been just cultivating courage? Yes, I definitely do. And I think the reason why I know this is because the way that the the weight loss circle happened and the, what we focused first were, uh, was on the food, I think there was really not an emphasis on exercising in the beginning. It was more about just kind of getting in touch with my body and fuel foods and figuring out that. And that's why I think it was so successful for me is that I worked on that. For, it just like been, then, and then it took another step and another step. And then I, had, then I was losing weight, so then I had more confidence to do the working out. And then, so, yeah, very much so. Yeah, I call that building up evidence for yourself. Yes, totally. So you just continue to, the more evidence you built up, the more courage you have. Absolutely. So then last year in 2012, you decided to make a proclamation or set a goal for yourself. (laughs) That started out very privately, but then became very public. Yes, it did. (laughs) <laughs> would you care to share that yes so um so i started yoga a year ago in Jan- last january january 2012 i started to do yoga really enjoyed it but with my work schedule you know i travel a lot for my job i'm not always in town and you know i was always encouraged to try yoga at other places but i have to tell you that i wasn't quite there to look at other places for yoga i really like this yoga community so one day I was in Fit House, and it was probably in Jan- June. And the way that the billing works there is you buy a ten, you can buy a ten day pass, so you can just use it whenever, or you can buy an unlimited pass per month. Well, fiscal, I'm, you know, want to be fiscally responsible. So every month I would kind of figure out: Am I going to be in town or not be in town? What pass should I buy? And so I was in there. And I was talking to my yoga teacher, and I was like, I don't know which one to do. So she's like, well, let's count how many you've done so far. So this is how it started. We counted up from January, and I think at the time I had like 70 practices. or No, I had less than that. I had like 60 maybe or 50 practices. And so this was in June. And she's like, so, Regina, you're averaging about, you know, 10 a month or maybe some more months more. And so – that's how it kind of started. So I thought in my brain, I didn't tell anybody this out loud. I thought it would be really fun to see if I could get to 100 in, by January. 
well, then one thing to another. And I told one person, and then it was like, you know, telephone. I told, you know, then I told, like, everybody, because, you know, I told one person. And I told, and then my trainer. And that person, that person was, you did tell me, but I did not share that with anybody. <laughs> no, no, but I mean, but I mean, somebody in that fit house community, I think, I don't remember. I might have been even Jen, my trainer. I don't remember. The bottom line is, it went like, well, every, then what happened is people, I'd come into the yoga studio and say, how many on you're on now? I'm like, oh, I'm on 75. Or, okay, can you do it? So then at Christmas time, I had, I remember I had like 82 right around Christmas, right, like the beginning of December. And I just knew, I'm like, oh, I got this. And then I didn't, and then I got sick, which really threw me off. I'm like, oh, crud. And it just became like a game. To be honest with you, it was never about I had to do this and I was going to be a failure for what I, if I didn't. It was just, it was fun. And it was kind of a fun goal. And then people found out about it. And then on my 100th day of practice, they had a little party and it was very sweet. And they gave me a little, little pri- they gave me like prizes. I mean, like they gave me like a yoga bag. And it was really fun. It was very sweet. Well, and the things that we worked on about that was because you didn't want to have a party at first. You were really resistant. And um, and we talked about receiving. Which was kind of apropos because it was Christmas time. So, yeah, it was uh, the holidays and there were a lot of gift giving back and forth. And what I realized is that in my life, for me, it's been really easy to give, but it hasn't been so easy for me to receive. And this was really about letting people give to me. And at one point, my trainer said to me, this is really not about you right now. This is about us wanting to celebrate you. So just kind of put yourself, I mean, she kind of put me in my place. She's like, I, we don't care. You don't want a party. We want to have a party. So just knock it off, basically. And that was, you know, it was growth for me to realize that it, it really is being part of a community and to allow mm-hmm. people to celebrate with me. And um, on that note, because the other thing that you were concerned about was that as the numbers were ramping up and more and more people were getting involved, one of the concerns that you've always brought to me was you don't want to be the poster child for this. Right. Right. Like this is your journey, but it doesn't mean it's going to work. It's somebody else's journey. Well, and one of the things that was really concerned about, it's not, it's not. So people look at me and say, oh, my gosh, you've done all this yoga. This is why, why you're losing weight. It's not why I'm losing weight. It's, it's a piece of the puzzle. I'm losing weight because I'm clean about food. I have a healthy attitude about food. I'm exercising. I'm, 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 I'm keeping in my own business. Those are the reasons why I'm losing weight. It's, I'm doing a lot of other work. And uh, I just want people to know that. And that's what I was a little nervous about because then they wrote that article about me and that was a little uncomfortable because I didn't, it's not just one thing that's working for me. It's a, it's a combination. I have a tribe of people that are really um, encouraging me all the time, including my family. So I just was, I just wanted everybody to know it's not just yoga. That's not why I'm, I think I've been, um, losing weight that's just part of the part of the puzzle but it's part of your community and it's 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 part of this process that you've been a part of that um where you're just ignited to go you love yoga you're ignited to be there you set up your schedule around that and and also there was work to do with just your mindset wasn't there to get you to that place of being able to show up to yoga yes well because 
for so long, exercise was a, a thing I had, like a should, and now it's mm-hmm. a want. You know, I'm cra- I crave it. I want. I love it. I long for it. And um, and what I think the philosophy of yoga is so powerful for me because just yesterday in practice, the yoga teacher talked about that yoga meets you where you are every day. It's an everyday practice. You can practice yoga for a lifetime, and it's it's you show up like I have a sore back. I showed up with a sore back, so I modified and adjusted so I could can. I want to continue to do yoga, and so I don't, it's not about plowing through and getting the best workout possible. It's about honoring my body where it is that day. And some days it's harder than others. And isn't that the same thing that we work on with food? Absolutely. So when I eat a little extra more than maybe, um, I, you know, I go beyond a little bit more than full, I always look at that as, okay, what's going on with me? Am I anxious? Am I tired? Am I, you know, I ask myself questions instead of beating myself up saying, oh my gosh, Regina, you should have never eaten that other piece of bread. What was going on with me? Were you, are you bored? Those are the questions I ask myself now. It's, and, 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 it, it, and then that's it. I let it go. I used to hold on to that. And then I would, it was like the down, I like, I call it the downward spiral. Then it was like, oh, screw it. I've messed up. So I'm just going to go ahead and eat candy. And then I'm going to eat the, my ice cream, and then the next day, it doesn't really matter because, look, I messed up. And I just don't have that attitude about it anymore. It's just not how I view it. And then wouldn't at some point you would make a deal with yourself that tomorrow it would be a new day? Yeah. I, I can't tell you how freeing it is to go to bed at night and not worry about what I ate that day. And to me, that's what was happening. I was going to bed at night, and I wasn't sleeping because I was so upset with myself about what I ate that day. And I do think it's really helped in all aspects of my life that I don't worry about what I eat. I just don't. And it's affecting my relationships with my family, especially my husband. Can you say more about that? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) How is that so? Well, I do think that he sees that I... um, I'm not a prisoner to food, that I live my life fully. And he said that. He said it to me this weekend. He said it to me again today. He's like, your journey is affecting me. You let things go. You don't harbor on stuff. And, you know, I, you know, as a white, I mean, I've been married to this person for 25 years. I mean, it's a long time. And that, that's a huge thing when your spouse says, you know, you are changing. And he and he was so cute in his Valentine to me. He's like, it's kind of new, but it's not new, Regina. You always, you know, you always lived a, you know, a loving, wonderful life. It's not like you're this totally different person, but you are coming, you're freer. And I think um, he's right. I think it's just helped me to be more free, which has helped me to be more loving and compassionate. So I just got chills, and so here's what came into my mind as as he said that to you, was you've always been a loving and caring person. Do you think now that loving and caring person that you've given to everybody else is now coming to you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I don't think I ever really honored myself until recently that 
that was the key that was missing was the love and compassionate to myself. Because now when I'm loving and compassionate to myself, oh my gosh, I'm so much more loving and compassionate to other people. So mm-hmm. much non I mean, you know, there's still judging. I'm not going to tell you I'm perfect by any means, but I'm less judging. I'm much more patient. And I'm a, I have always been a pretty patient person. I'm way more patient now. People around me can, can stress out, and I don't no longer take that on as my stress. It's theirs. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? What do you mean? Like, How do you not take on their stress? Well, I think I do a lot of self-talk. So, <laughs> which, you know, um, I practice a lot. So when somebody close to me is, you know, maybe angry, and I used to take that on as they're angry with me or there was something I did wrong, and now I, I, I stop and I say, wow, he is really, he's really having a hard time or she is really feeling stressed right now. I kind of put it back in as an observer rather than taking it on. And what I was doing is I was taking on everything. And then I was feeling badly and then I would need comfort and then I would eat. So it's like a, it's like a total circle. Does that make sense? Oh, that makes total sense. I get that. And um, I want to talk a bit about this tribe that you built in this community, because so often, and I think this is one of the big myths of self-help, and um, and it's partly because I think this is something that I used to believe. It was like, I'm, I'm this powerful woman, right? I'm strong. I'm resilient. I can fix things. I can make things happen. And um, one of the things that I really realize in the work that I do is that it's really important to build a team, because nobody's successful. I don't know of anyone successful Olympian, you know, musician, Oprah, there's nobody out there that does it themselves. We think that they do because they may be an industry like this. This came to me, I think, over Thanksgiving when Usher was, I don't know if it was the Grammys. I don't know what it was. It was some award show and he got up on the stands and he thanked all the different teams of people in his business, right? We look at him and go, oh, he's one person, not realizing how many people are part of his business that help him succeed. And so, and I think with my clients, when they can build a team around them, you know, and it's not just me, but there's a team that they have, that's really helpful for them to succeed. And I think you've just done an excellent job of that. So I wanted you to, you know, invite you to share that with my listeners. Well, you're right. I've been very fortunate to be able to have a group of people around me to help me. But I will tell you, Corinne, that one of the reasons, one of the things that I had to come to grips with was... I was afraid to ask for help because I had so much shame. And mm-hmm. once I could get beyond that and really come to be raw and open and free, I moved beyond the shame to ask for help. But I didn't, I wasn't there. Like I first started with you and then I started mm-hmm. with Jen. Well, my little jazzercise community, but that wasn't really, the, and then it was Jen. And then it's been the people at Fit House. But it took a long while for me to kind of unwrap, uncover that. And it was all a lot about my shame, about mm-hmm. being afraid. And being afraid, what will people think that I need so much help? What will people say of me? And once I moved beyond that, then it was like, it was like the floodgates opened. And, you know, I'm, I'm really 
very blessed to have a group of people around me that support me through this journey. And, you know, it's, crit- it's been critical for me, to ha- but it took me a while. Well, and and let's not forget your doctor, too, because she yeah. was even early on, right? She was the one that um, did not make... Um, did not make you meet and make those numbers mean right. bad things. Right. Well, in fact, my physician has probably been, well, the, the most perfect physician for me because she has never made my weight an issue uh, ever, ever. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's, you know, as a kid growing up who was overweight, that was always a big deal going to the doctor. I get, I used to get yelled at for being overweight mm-hmm. as a child. So, you know, as you grow up and you go to physicians and they start yelling at you at your weight or getting on you, you don't, do you really want to go back? No. So early on, my physician has always kind of been in my corner. And then when I started this work, she has been, you know, by my side the whole time. And, you know, she's just like, I'm, you know, you, you know, she says to me, you inspire me. You know, I might look Mm -hmm. thin, but I'm not as healthy as you are. You know, Mm -hmm. I can't do what you can do. Because she helped me look at what my strength was, you know, like I'm so, I'm so physically strong now and, and physically strong in many aspects, not just muscle-wise, but just, you know, being able to endure a lot physically because mm-hmm. I put myself through those, you know, because I'm, I'm moving all the time. So, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I think it's been awesome to have a group of people around me. And, you know, not uncommon, most of them are women. And for me, Mm -hmm. that's what I needed. I I think that's the draw of Fit House. It's predominantly women. There are some men, Mm -hmm. but really the draw has been, you know, the women. Well, it sounds like because you had your doctor prior to me, right? So she helped give the building blocks of, hey, here's, here's Corinne. I know her. And... And you've had that area of a bit of trust of, okay, here's a per- person who could come and tell me that I'm doing it all wrong, your doctor, right? But she created that, she created evidence for you about, I, this can be a safe place, you can trust me, and we can work together, right, right. which then maybe lets you work with me, and, and then you you continued on that, hey, here's another person who goes, I've got your back, right? right? We're going to work on this together, we will partner, there will not be judgment, we will move forward. Yes. And then it allowed you to work with Jen and then it's it's like it's like the snowball effect. Totally. And I I think for me too, I was thinking about this the other day that I had been wanting so badly to get rid of the weight and I just knew that there was something for me, but I didn't know what it was. And you know, I tried Weight Watchers, I tried so many other things. And for me, the weight loss coaching circle when it came upon me was so perfect because it was so um, anonymous that I could Mm -hmm. do it and I didn't have to know people because there's a lot of shame around this. I mean, there's a lot of issues. I had a lot of issues around it. And for me, that's why the circle was so powerful. I could do it in my house. Nobody had to see me. I didn't have to report in how much I weighed. I didn't have to weigh in every week. It, it just worked for me. And I, I kind of, I've been really wanting, I was wanting something like that. And then your marketing techniques are, you know, phenomenal. What can I say? And <laughs> there it was. 
and every email and every Facebook post for like a month. You know, I just, and I just was, and you know, I think I talked about this on the first interview is that there was some angst about working with you because I knew you. I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, here I am kind of putting it out there for someone that I know, Mm -hmm. um, which ended up being, you know, for me, a perfect, a perfect, it was perfect because I needed someone. I think I needed that. I wanted that. I wanted the safety of knowing someone, but you weren't my best friend. You know, you weren't somebody that knew me on a regular basis. You just knew mm-hmm. who I was. We had, I don't know, had had a couple conversations, but not anything deep. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I feel that it was the perfect, it was a perfect timing for me too. My, my daughter had just gone to college I was really sad that whole first semester she was gone. It was just, it was just the right time. You know, I, I think that confidential piece is really important because um, there is so much shame, right? And then for some people, and I think this was even for you, you know, just the technology of it, it's limited in some ways, but for some people it can be a lot. You're calling in and it is kind of this online world and you're talking with people from who knows where because that's never really established, not that it matters. Right. And um, and then just even to have, I mean, I think for you, it took you a number of months before you would feel even comfortable enough to to speak, yep. right? And in that... And that, I guess, goes to the the way this my style of coaching is that I meet people where they're at and help them along instead of saying, you must be here. Um, because for me, that wouldn't work. And then for I guess for the clients that I work with, I don't think that works very well. Well, um, it certainly wouldn't have worked for me. I mean, I remember early on, I was amazed at how much weight I was losing and and, you know, the food journaling at the, at the beginning was critical for me to keep track of everything I was eating. And I had said something about carbs. And you said to me clearly, Regina, if I had told you that you were going to have to give up carbs, what would you have said of them? I said, screw this. I would have said, I'm not doing that. That's a diet. And what mm-hmm. I realized early on is that I was eating less carbs just because I was finally tuning into what my body needed. And mm-hmm. that was so freeing. And I think for me, you know, I'm, I'm a very intellectual person. I like to think about things intellectually. That made sense to me rather than telling me you have to give up carbs because carbs are bad for you. Mm-hmm. What I realized is as I was not eating as many carbs, you know, just because I was eating what I needed and what I felt mm-hmm. like I needed. And so with this food journal, I got an email the other day from somebody who goes, you know, I'm kind of in on this, but that food journal thing, I'm not sure I can do it. Would you say that the food journal, the way I handle that is different than some other programs? Well, for me, yes. I mean, well, it's, and and it's, well, what I liked about, and I journaled for almost, gosh, a year and a half. I mean, I just really gave Mm -hmm. it up in what, September? So, I mean, I, I, I've journaled a long time. To me, I, I found it as a good tool. I think, too, I didn't have to put, uh, well, first of all, there's no, like, one cup of this, one cup of that. It was just listing out the foods and then, you know, where I was on the hunger scale. And then, you know, later on, it was attaching some feelings to that as well. I found it fabulous. And what I loved about it is I could do it on my phone. I used mm-hmm. my notes application app on my phone and I would just I would just journal on my phone so mm-hmm. when I would so to me it was easy 
And it was so helpful because I really could then, I mean, I was still practicing getting, being mindful. That allowed me that mindfulness. And then I could go back and say, you know, gosh, you know, I overate that day. I ate to, uh, you know, beyond a two. What, what was going on with me? I could look and see. I used it as a tool to help me rather than as a negative thing. Does that make sense? No, it makes total sense. It reminds me of that first Christmas. So we'd been in this process for almost a year. Uh-huh. And that first Christmas, then you were thinking about getting rid of the food journal. And in the past, when you thought about it, I'd always said, you know, go ahead. But I knew with, you know, with my previous clients that that Christmas could be hard. Uh-huh. And so I had said, why don't you go through Christmas using it? And, and it's not a, it's not a tool to regulate or to create judgment. It's just a tool to help you be aware. And why don't you go through and use it? And I remember afterwards you saying, you know what, I'm so glad that I did because there are a couple of days that I wasn't feeling very well. And I note, I went and looked at my food journal and I noticed the, the relationship of what was creating me not to feel very well. Mm-hmm. It was a really good tool. And I know it's still there for me. And I haven't mm-hmm. felt like I have had to use it. One thing that it did help too for me because I travel so much, it was really good for when I traveled because um, I could really um, keep track because I'm not always consistent in eating at the right time. Like when I'm traveling, it's not, I don't always have control over when I eat um, depending mm-hmm. on my work. So I could really, it, it helped me a lot. Um, but I don't, I don't really, I haven't journaled for a while. Mm-hmm. And with that being said, so people would say, oh gosh, food journaling is a lot of work. You know, all this stuff is a lot of work. And we talked about this a little bit earlier about energy, positive energy versus negative. So when you think about this process, this 25 month process that we've been through together with, when you look at how much effort have you put into it in what you've gone out? What, how could you, could you put, I know I hate numbers, but could you kind of put um, a value to that? Like the amount of work that you put in versus what you got out? Well, I, I think, you know, I don't know how you want me to do it in terms of value, but in the beginning it was a lot more work than it is now for sure in terms of time. You know, because mm-hmm. it took a lot of time to reflect and journal. That took time. But mm-hmm. what's taking more time now is trying to figure out what, how, how many yoga classes I'm going to go to. <laughs> and that, that takes time. I mean, that, but that to me is a good source of energy. So my husband said, my husband started to do, journal, to, to do yoga. And he's like, but Regina, it's like an hour and 15-minute class. And then the shower. I'm like, yeah, but isn't it just awesome? <laughs> you know, for me, oh, my gosh, an hour and 15 minutes. Okay, so maybe it's an hour and a half to two hours a, a day. To me, it's so worth it because what I get out of it, oh, my gosh, it gives me a ton more energy. I feel fabulous. My head's great. And I'm a, mo- a better mom and wife. What, what, what better return can you get? So, I, yeah, I mean, it's been some work, but the return of all this, totally, totally worth it. I mean, I can't imagine. It's like an investment. I've invested finally in myself. And the, my dividends, my return is that I'm happy and I'm a better person because of it. And I'm healthy. So did you get back at least what you put Absolutely. in, if not more? I would say triple. 
of wow. I mean, I can't imagine my life without it. I can't imagine where I would be without this process now. And what's awesome for me, it's not a, there's no goal. I'm going to lose X amount of weight and it's going to be over. This is, this is it. This is my new, this is the next chapter of my life till I die. Mm-hmm. And that to me feels so awesome because I'm, you know, fairly young still. I'm hoping I have at least 30 plus more years to live. <laughs> I'm hoping 40, but you know, I don't know, but you know, and uh-huh. if, you know, I, I can't imagine. I just cannot imagine. Can, can you share your age? Yeah, I'm 52. Okay. I love that. Well, because, you know, somebody listening may say, oh, well, she's 30 years old. No, I'm 52, right. and I hope to God I go to 92 healthy. But if the mind goes, I don't know. I don't know if I want to live to I'm 92 without a healthy mind or body. You know, it's like I – but I feel so amazingly well physically, emotionally. You know, I'm just at a – completely different space than I was two years ago. It's still the same Regina, but new and approved, maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I think that's so important when you say that, you know, you've gotten back triple what you put in because so often people say, oh, this is a lot of work and this is a lot of work. But I, I think going through this myself is that it's a lot more work to eat mindlessly. It's a lot more work when I would binge eat than it is to just live this life or it's a lot more work of, oh, I have to go to the gym or have to go to, you know, all those shoulds versus just getting up and going and doing it. But it, it takes, there's a process and, you know, like I said earlier, the snowball effect or there's steps to go through. Um, it, it It's that journey to go down that it does take time. But in the end, I think when you go through it, it becomes more than worth it. Well, and I was unhappy. I mean, what is, what is happiness? I was really, I was very unhappy. But I didn't realize how unhappy I was until I started to uncover the crap. And there was a lot of it. And there still is some. But I was really unhappy. And I, don't, I didn't want to live like that anymore. Mm-hmm. I just didn't want to live like that. And so I'm happy. It, but it wasn't a snap of the fingers. Oh. It was doing work. No. Yeah, it was. And um, and it was structured, which I needed. It wasn't like read mm-hmm. a book and, and it's all done. It was structured. It was, it's been, um, it's been a process. And, mm-hmm. you know, you've been, you've been guiding me the whole way, but I also have had other people, you know, join in on the, mm-hmm. in the tribe, helping me along the way. And now I'm being asked to help other people. You know, mm-hmm. I'm being asked to share my journey with other people. And that's scary to me because I don't mm-hmm. want anybody to think it's something I did. It's, but, it, mm-hmm. but you know what I mean? Like, I, again, it's that whole poster child thing. But, that's, but that also means that I've still got some stuff to work on about mm-hmm. how I view myself, which is, you know, good. It's all part of the journey. <laughs> it's all part of the journey. And um, for the for a couple takeaways for the listeners, what would you recommend as takeaways for them to practice? I, or takeaways from your own story? I think just well, the biggest takeaway or the biggest you know practice has been. To really listen to your 
to my body, to your body, and that your body knows what it needs. And and in that, trying to overcome the fear to to once I was able to kind of overcome the fear, I was able then to move, but the fear was holding me back. And fear is very scary because it allowed me to hold on to truths that were not true and to stories that aren't true. And I would say to try to move beyond your fear. Okay, that's great. And one final thing is that somebody may listen and go, wow, 25 months, you've been working with Corinne, when is this going to be done? Is Corinne entrapping Regina to work with her? <laughs> no, that's not true. Because you have wanted to break up several times, and I would not <laughs> allow you to break up with me. So for me, it's a choice. You know, every month, when you and I make our next two sessions or whatever we're going to do, it's my choice. I believe I am not, I feel like I'm not done, that I want more, that you help me, you ask the right questions, you help me to, there's new things that come up that I want to unfold. And so it's really, but I feel like it's my decision. You have told me that you feel like I could, I could do it on my own. I don't really want to do it by myself. I, w- I would like to continue to work with you, if you will have me. <laughs> <laughs> And, and there's always new things we're working on. We're not working on the same thing we did in January of 2011. No. And my relationships are changing. And so things come up and you help me to look at that and you help me to maybe look at new goals or, you know, you help me in my business. I mean, it's all really related. Money, food, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. relationships, all connected. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's what I think has been awesome too is that, you know, yeah, it started as a weight loss kind of journey and what's happened is there's all these other these other elements of my life that have been greatly affected by it well yeah because it's not it's not just a piece of the pie right it's you're all connected it's a giant mesh well regina thank you so much for sharing your journey and you know and i realized that you know you didn't want to be a blueprint or the poster child but it just as with my show, right, it's always about the windows of possibilities. And I think you're starting to realize that you provide a glimmer of window of possibility, a glimmer in other people's windows of possibility. So thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for joining us at How She Really Does It. Each week, I try to bring inspiration, empowerment, and entertainment for you. Each show has a takeaway, something you can implement to take those steps forward in your own journey. I'd love to hear from you. You can connect with me at my website at www.howshereallydoesit.com and sign up for my weekly newsletter to get insider information as well as each podcast delivered directly into your inbox. Have a great day and I'm smiling big for you. Early morning, fog is lifting. She's in a rowboat on a lake. She is dreaming. She is drifting, never been so wild.